Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, uh, Dave Woozy Richardson, and it's, uh, it's a late Stu's days. Stu, uh, Stu Kedwell, co-head of North American Equity at RBC Global Asset Management. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Dave, how you doing? Great to see you. Well, my 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 Stu's days was a uh, was a little was a little rough. I shouldn't say it's not rough. I I had a little uh, little bout with uh, vertigo, and so the uh, the whole world was kind of wobbling around for me. I was uh, I, I I couldn't walk a straight line. It was uh, something I've never experienced before. I'm sure some of the, some of the listeners have uh, have had that or know someone who's 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 had a little bit of an issue with that little imbalance in the old ears and. Uh, but I'm uh, I, I'm feeling better today, and uh, I, I apologize that we're we're a day late after after being off for a couple of weeks uh, to uh, to rest up with the podcast. But uh, feeling better, you're you're doing well, Stu. Uh, doing great, Dave. Uh, you know the you might say the markets have had a little bit of imbalance some days as well. So uh, maybe maybe it's uh, par for the course. Yeah, it is. It has been kind of a wobbly walk uh, or or random walk down Wall Street and. And so, you know, one of one of the one of the things yesterday, as 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 I was uh, lying down, watching the uh, watching the business channels and the headlines, a uh, lot of talk around what's going on with the yield curve, and 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 some of the concern that comes out of that is when you get what they call an inverted yield curve. So we look at a long-term bond and the yield on a long-term bond, say a 10 or 30-year bond, we look at a shorter-term yield, maybe a two or five-year. And when one of those shorter-term yields goes above one of those longer-term yields, it uh, uh, people go, well, kind of, oh, wow, that oh, inverted yield curve, that, that means maybe we're going to have a recession or, or at least it, it, it gets some attention. So, so when, when you see that and you hear that talk yesterday, how do you react as an investment manager? Well, Dave, your your point is a good one uh, because the bond market has been, you know, a pretty good predictor of things over time. It's a huge pool of capital, and and uh, you know, it has generally been more right than wrong. Although it doesn't have a hundred percent batting average either, so we have to take that into consideration. But when the yield curve flattens, like normally a bond investor says, I want to get paid more if I'm going to give you my money for a longer period of time because I have to give it to you for longer and there might be economic growth, there might be inflation, I want to get compensated for all these things. So when those yields approach the short-term yields, it's the bond market's way of saying, uh, I'm a little worried about some of those things out in the future. So I don't need to get compensated for them because I think they might actually be worse. So, you know, where we sit today is, uh, you know, we we have a, an uncertain macro picture with um, with what's going on in the Ukraine um, and the implications uh, on economic growth. Uh, we have a Federal Reserve that uh, has been very vocal uh, about tightening interest rates. And those two things are combining to, to flatten the yield curve. Um, and we've seen a little bit, like normally when, when the yield curve flattens, uh, spreads uh, widen out a little bit because that's the way the corporate bond investor uh, tries to factor in some recession. And then we have the stock market, which, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were down, you know, around, you know, 4,100 on the S&P or what have you, you could say that, you know, you had factored in a, a slowdown to some degree. And then we've had a very significant rally uh, for a variety of reasons. And, um, you know, and that cushion is not as big uh, today as it was uh, as it was a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, in the short term, 
you know, what do you, what can you say about the stock market? Is that the odds of recession uh, are not really factored in uh, yeah. uh, to the same degree that they might have a couple of weeks ago. From a long-term standpoint, you know, we've covered this off before. Uh, you know, from a long-term standpoint, you know, and by that I mean, you know, kind of five, ten years, you would expect to experience one, if not two, recessions. So. Sure. You know, it's, it's not derailing to the long-term investor, but it is something that you're always trying to say, uh, well, the, this one market is, is saying the odds have increased. Are all markets saying that? And, um, and uh, you know, that cushion is not quite the same at this level. So, so, so Stu, does, does that trigger you to, to, to go back and, and start to do some recalculations or uh, do, do a really in-depth review of what you think is the most likely scenario to play out, shift your odds around which scenario you think is going to be the most likely scenario that plays out? Is, is, it, is it a time to revisit what, what, what you're thinking? Well, there's, there's three things that you do. Um, you know, the first is, as you always do, you go through the different uh, cash flow scenarios that you could envision for a business in a bull case and in a more pessimistic case. Uh, you have those discussions with management to say, you know, well, what would you do if that took place? Like we had a, a business with, or a discussion this morning with a company and you know, we were talking about some of those priorities and we said, well, how would those priorities change if the economy slowed down? So it gives us a good understanding of, of, of those uh, different cash flow scenarios. The second thing is you look at the valuations that might present themselves on those cash flows. And the big change there is uh, that the Federal Reserve is not flushing liquidity into the system. So if your investment case is based on an expanding valuation, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you'd kind of discount that. You'd say that's not likely to happen. We're going to be very dependent on cash flow growth to drive a return here. And the third thing is you would look at businesses with um, maybe a little bit more debt on the balance sheet, and you might reconsider some of those investments because if things get rocky, uh, those can be, uh, you know, more volatile uh, share prices. So those are the three things. Not that you're not always doing them, but you're you're definitely making a more uh, particular uh, view of those things at this uh, stage of the cycle. And 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 Stu, the the the, the ultimate way that a say, say that we there we we were heading towards a recession at some point over the next one to two years. How would how would we see that play out in in the market that that, that we're looking at right now? Is it, is it would you first see that contraction around uh, the multiples, or would you start to worry about earnings and and where they're going? And would we start to see signs of that um, in in earnings? And and how far out would that happen? Well, the first thing you'll see is contraction in multiple because yeah. the stock market will worry about it before it actually happens. The second thing you'll start to see, and we've seen this to a minor degree, you see consumer staples, some utility names, some things that are more defensive in the stock market start to perform better. Um, and then, and then the you know then the third thing that you see is you see earnings start to degrade eventually if if the slowdown takes place. You know, I think a couple of things that I would highlight as offsets to this, right, is that you know the central bank is very aware of all this yeah. as well, right? So. You know, uh, you know, Jay Powell at the Fed and the Bank of Canada, like they're not trying to put the economy into recession. They're trying to negotiate a period of elevated inflation, some of which, you know, is still transitory and some of it, you know, they need to really address. Uh, but, you know, as they start tightening and they talk about 50 basis point increases versus 25 basis point increases, that's where the stock market is likely to worry about, you know, the adverse outcome. 
uh, doesn't mean it'll happen, but the, you know, the stock market needs to worry about it a little bit. You know, second, second thing is, is that, you know, versus other recessions, um, you know, some of the economically sensitive areas of the market are supported by, you know, lack of supply, you know, so you might worry about oil demand, you might worry about copper demand, but, you know, the supply chains have changed quite dramatically. And the third thing is, is that, you know, the consumer, particularly the U.S. consumer is in very good shape. So, you know, they have delivered uh, to some degree through this process. So their ability to deal with higher oil prices, higher uh, inflation, things like this is quite a bit better than it would have been in the past. So, you know, there's there's pros and cons uh, to any uh, discussion. And, um, you know, what we always need to do is position the portfolio in a manner where, you know, we think the, the, the most options exist for our for our shareholders going forward. Yeah. And, and you know, Stu, I, 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 I've got to say, as, as I as I you know, I'm always I'm always reading a lot. I'm always watching watching markets. And I've, I've read a number of articles that that suggest that it's very hard to look at the yield curve right now the way you would normally look at it. All the dislocations coming out of of covid and where we are in the in um, in the global economy. Uh, it, it may not be the kind of it may not work in terms of a signal the way it's worked in the past, uh, because there's almost an anticipation that as we get through some of these supply chain issues, that a lot of this inflation stuff is 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 going to wither away. Yeah. And, and you know, different investors, uh, you know, look at different things. Uh, you know, fixed income is not an area of specialty uh, for me, obviously. But, you know, once you're talking about is it going to be 11 tightenings, 12 tightenings, 13 tightenings? Like, I don't want to take, I don't want to bet on 15, like we're already at 13, right? So, you know, there is, there is a fair amount of worry that has been factored in uh, from a tightening standpoint. You know, the question for the equity investor is, 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 have we moved past that, right? Like, um, is that a source of concern or has it already been discounted? And that's what uh, the recent weakness and rebound reflects. And, um, you know, I would say right here, like when we look at it at call it, you know, 4,600 on the S&P 500, it's not at a level that, uh, that, you know, significantly impacts your long-term potential, but it's also at a level that does not reflect uh, a recession in, in likely the next 12 months. Excellent. Well, Stu, as, as, as always, really interesting insights uh, into the way that, uh, that you, as a, as a professional investment manager, interpret that news flow or in, interpret different signals that are being given by whatever market it might be. Uh, and the bond market, of course, as you say, very good track record, not perfect, but good track record, something you got to keep an eye on, even as an equity investor. Uh, some really good background for what Tau investors can think of this as they as they follow the news as we all do every day. So Stu, uh, welcome back. Uh, thanks for another great uh, Stu's days and, uh, and, and we'll see you next week. Great. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.